Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. come to a time of confession. Let us pray. God, forgive us. 
our communion is not always visible to the world. Sometimes we allow threats to unity to enter the church and to enter our lives, making it hard to see that we are your beloved community. We act as though we do not need each other. We do not always love one another. We do not know and bear one another's burdens. We fail to build each other up. We do not always give ourselves willingly and joyfully to one another. Forgive us and strengthen us that we may live in the unity that you grant us. And now let us confess silently. Friends, hear the good news. By Christ's work, we are reconciled and united with God and with one another. Thanks be to God for the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, called to forgive. Amen. And now for Holy Interruption. downtown church it's the cypresses cj jess reese and our guard dog maddie we just celebrated reese's first birthday a few weeks ago and she cannot wait until we are all back together gathering again so that she can meet all of y'all that she hasn't seen yet we hope everybody's having a great summer leading into fall i know we're enjoying the crisp fall-ish days of columbia south carolina and we'll see y'all soon close out our sermon series today on the gospel according to Mark. We've been traveling together through the gospel of Mark for the last eight weeks, and today we find ourselves at Jesus' resurrection, the final chapter of Mark, chapter 16. If you're following along with me, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. 
Listen now for God's word. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to his tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And then when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and they fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement has seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The word of God for us, the people of God, Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is Canceled. The women know what it is like to be canceled. They had a plan. They bought the spices from the market and they packed their bags and they set their alarm clocks to rise with the sun to meet at Mary's house. They met up there and then they walk together through the early morning hours to Jesus' tomb. And they had planned out what they were going to wear. Wool sweaters, comfortable shoes. They, they all had old clothes on underneath, just in case the oil and the spices would stain them. And they knew that it would take a few hours to anoint Jesus' body. So, so they planned to get there early so that they could make it back home before the sun went down. They planned every detail. Well, except for how they were going to get inside the tomb. That they discussed as they walked. And perhaps they joked that they should have bribed Mary's teenage son to come along with them so that he could help move that heavy stone to the side. But they figured, they figured that between the three of them, they would be able to make it budge, or, or if they couldn't, then they would find the keeper of the tombs to help them move it away. They planned every detail, and then, then when they showed up piece by piece, their detailed plan was canceled. They didn't need to move the stone of the tomb. It was already moved. And they didn't need the spices. Jesus' body was nowhere to be found. And they didn't need old clothes. They weren't going to be anointing. They didn't need to get up so early in the morning because as soon as they saw what they saw, they took off running back home. Their entire day, all they had planned was canceled, taken from them. And it hurt 
Anointing the dead is a sacred ritual. It brings meaning to death. It brings healing. It brings closure. And it got canceled. The one thing they could count on, the one thing they got to plan was taken away. You and I, we, we know that pain. We know that pain. Looking into our empty sanctuary, it looks a whole lot like an empty tomb, an enclosed space which used to house something so sacred to us, intimate worship, where we sat too close to one another in folding black chairs and we sipped our hot coffee and we shook each other's hands and we heard the noise of the kids behind us. That worship experience got canceled on Sunday, March 15th of the great year of our Lord, 2020. And we didn't get to say goodbye. We didn't know that March 8th would be our last Sunday worshiping in that way, that setting, sitting so close to each other. And though we know, we know that pandemics end and that we will be back inside sitting too close to one another, we cannot deny that right now our reality has changed and something has been lost. It sucks being canceled. We experience it all the time. We have a plan for our day and then Someone calls us and tells us they were exposed to COVID and we think back on our interaction with them and we try to figure out if we need to cancel our plans for the next 14 days or if we need to go get a test. We make a plan for the holidays and then we get a call from a family member. Hey, I, I just can't come home for Christmas and we're crushed. It's a ritual to gather together to gather close to loved ones in a home, it holds meaning and healing. It's sacred to us. And it is hard, y'all. It is hard to plan these days, but we still try. We must seek out opportunities that we know will bring us meaning and healing. We prepare our spices. We set our alarm clocks. We get up and move ourselves through a routine, expecting something, anything, to feel normal. And when it doesn't, it is hard to comprehend why. We get the pain. We get the pain of Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome. We follow inside the tomb the sun is rising, it's pitch dark inside, it's cold, it's empty. Jesus isn't there. Some strange man is talking to us about things he shouldn't know about Jesus. And all we can take in is this reality. None of it makes sense. And we can't listen to his words. We're distracted by what we see. Jesus' body has disappeared it's gone. Like the women, we find ourselves thinking through the worst case scenarios. Someone stole him. Someone doesn't want him to have a proper burial. And grief, it just packs on to grief. 
and our flight instincts rage and we take off from the tomb, dropping spices as we flee, running as far as we can away from the scene, terrified. When Lucas and I planned this sermon series on the gospel according to Mark, we talked about the resurrection in Mark's account. Mark is different from the other three Gospels. It's resurrection without resolution. In the other stories, the risen Jesus comes back and appears to the disciples, cooking up fish on the side of the water, the shore. And it has this calming effect to what they had experienced in his death, proof that he has risen and that all shall be well for us. In other gospels, the disciples are sent out to spread the good news and they go and do as they are told. There's purpose given to Jesus' death and resurrection and then to their lives, to our lives, to build the church. And that purpose is calming as well. It gives us something to do in the wake of tragedy. But here, here, the gospel writer of Mark doesn't give us any comfort Rather, the end of the story is the beginning for the women and for us. We walk inside the tomb. We encounter our new reality, and then we walk back out into the wilderness, into the light, in search of a Jesus who is not contained to the cross nor to the tomb, whose story isn't tied up neatly in bows, a book closed and put back on the shelf. Jesus' story is an invitation for us to ask ourselves, where is he now? Where is Jesus now in our lives? For we know he is alive. Thanks be to God. Amen. What can I drink tonight to make it easier on me? What can I Get it off my mind What can I say If I can't tell the truth The only thing that'll make it better here Is you
it's me Hey, Don. Hey, Lucas. Thank you for that good and concise word today. <laughs> it was a short one. I don't think anyone will complain about a 10-minute sermon, you know? especially when it's good. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I was. I think I'll balance it out. I'll go with like 35 minutes next week okay. and we'll see who- You see what the feedback <laughs> yeah. is? That's a good science experiment. Yeah, right I'll there. do a 12-part sermon, y'all. Get ready. Yeah. I don't know. I found your message super relevant as someone who- makes a lot of plans. Like I like to plan. I think mm -hmm. the inner boy scout in me of like, be prepared, know what you're going to do when you're going to do it. Um, COVID has kind of rocked that for me and made me realize how fragile our plans really are. Um, so getting, I've never thought about that perspective of the women. Like, how did you come to the terms with that? Hmm, how did I land on that? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I really like putting, whenever possible, I like putting us in like the actual shoes of a character in scripture, because I do believe that the word of God is breathing and living today. And, um, and so, yeah, I just was thinking about the women and um, I think we sometimes take for granted, like thinking through the details of, well, how did they end up here? What happened beforehand? And I spent some time thinking like, well, what happened afterwards, you know, and how did the word get out? And yeah, uh, at some point, I think I was talking to a church member at the blood drive actually. And they were talking about um, just how exhausting it is these days to make a plan, even just for a day or for an hour. And then the daycare calls and says, you got to come pick up your kid or somebody tells you that they've been exposed and you like immediately just everything changes in mm -hmm. that moment and how exhausting that is. So that's kind of how it evolved uh, to me thinking about the women and the plans that they had made and yeah, this reality of being canceled. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so real. Like we forget that Easter as we know it, as this like resurrection looking back, like they, that wasn't in their plans. Mm -hmm. That wasn't in their, It's scary. It's very scary. And Mark does a good job of kind of leaving us with this um, fear of God's power and yeah. fear of the unknown. And fear sometimes, uh, in the Greek sometimes can be like a, a reverence of God, not necessarily always like we're 
scared God's going to hurt us. It's not that necessarily. I mean, maybe it is sometimes, but. Well, it is spooky season. It, oh, God. <laughs> but I well, think God's fear is very different than that. Yes. And I think the invitation um, that I really love about resurrection is as a Christian, sometimes I get really cozy to a human Jesus, like a Jesus that I can read about and listen to his words and um, talk about in real language that's relatable. And that goes for, you know, regular Jesus, human teaching, healing, but also Jesus on the cross, taking on our, our suffering and pain, knowing all of the pain that we we have. Like it's, it, in some ways, it's a lot easier to worship that God, that Jesus. And it's so much harder to worship like, an invisible, mysterious being that is alive, which is great, but like, what does that mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and how do we hold on to that? It can be really hard. I've heard that a criticism that modern Christians have housebroken God mm. and have, have created a God that we um, can put in these neat boxes, but we know God doesn't fit in a box. That's right. Jesus is not. So thanks again for your good word. Uh, that'll sit with me all week. And now um, is our service, uh, the time of the month when we will partake in Holy Communion together. Um, I know we're not at a table together as we might like to be, but um, Christ's presence transcends any table that we can build. This is a table, this is a gathering that is not exclusive to downtown church, to the Presbyterian church, to any church. It is open to all whom Christ has called all who Christ, whom Christ loves. So friends, let us come now, come willing, and come with our hearts ready to be transformed and nourished by God's love. Hear now the great prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and our praise. God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the opportunity to gather virtually, in person, outside, in whatever way that you meet us and join us to one another. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that he walked the earth as a human, as a God, and did so loving us, teaching us how to love and care for one another. We thank you that he went up to the cross and died so that we all might live. God, we just give you all the glory today. We praise you, joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, prepare our minds and our hearts for the gift of this bread and this cup, simple gifts which you have made holy and given to us so that we can be sustained and that we can go out into the world with love 
lifting up one another. So we pray your Holy Spirit over these simple gifts, trusting that you do fill us up. Amen. So friends, I invite you to either take your wafer in your cup or whatever bread or juice or wine you have at your disposal. And now let us partake in communion together. From the day before Jesus would be betrayed, he gathered his disciples, his friends in an upper room. They were at dinner and he had them together and he took bread and he gave thanks for it. And he broke it and he gave it to his friends saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he poured it out. And he says, this cup represents the new covenant sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Whenever you drink of this, remember me. So friends, in the same way, whenever we partake of this cup and we eat this bread, we proclaim boldly Christ's love, Christ's resurrection for us all until he comes again. Let us pray. We thank you, O God, for loving us, for being present with us in times of stress, in times when plans get canceled, in times of great joy and love and community. We give you thanks that you promise to be with us no matter what. So just as you've blessed these gifts of bread and wine, bless us to be your vessels, your servants in this world. Bless us so that we might know how fully loved we are by you. In Christ's name, amen. And now for the benediction. Jesus is not canceled. Jesus is alive. Jesus is on the loose. Jesus is there for us to find. So as you go from this place of worship, this time together, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Amen. Special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition and vocals brought to you by Sean Thompson and Admiral Radio. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. What Would I Do Without You by Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Gloria Patry by City Hymns and Better Here by the Avid Brothers. Scripture is quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Theological Musings and Prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and Don Hyde.